Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. We're live at Fatties and DeKal talking college football with you. Chicago's College Tailgate. Tyler Ocke, Shay Norling with you for another hour. Come on out. Have some fun with us. Drink a little Bud Light with us as well. We're having a great time here at Fatties in DeKalb talking college football with you. Big NIU game today as well. Yeah, go Huskies. Well, Maction today. Chris Creighton's coming to town. Send him home sad. So we'll, it, they'll have that game at 3 o'clock you know what? I'll in be, DeKalb. I'll be an NIU fan today because Michigan State legend Rocky Lombardi at quarterback. Okay. I'm all in. I'm all, all right, I'm so you're in. I saw yeah. the, they do the, the Rocky Lombardi show here at, at Fatties in DeKalb. That's so. fantastic. How about that? Former Spartan Rocky Lombardi. I'll jump on board NIU. You know, a lot of a lot of fans sometimes defect from the the players that transfer away. But good to see you're sticking with one of your own. Well, he was terrible at Michigan State, so it'd be easy to defect. But no, I'll root for my Spartan guy at, at NIU, like Peyton Thorne at Auburn. I don't care. No, I don't care what happens. You, you've jumped ship. Yeah, on that one. it means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Don't care. All right, let's get into the college football playoff and the big picture here. So let's start. I think we start this conversation where we're at now with the CFP and where we think things will shake out. So we're getting our first playoff rankings a week from this Tuesday. And Halloween, we're getting a Halloween playoff this year. Excellent. Love it. And the point of this exercise is the AP poll sucks. Yes. It's awful. It's voted on by beat writers who spend their day at one game watching one team, and they're asked to vote. On every team in the country, games they don't watch, and that's why you see things like Georgia owning all of the first-place votes virtually, despite not looking good really at any point other than the Kentucky game this season. Yep. They can't cover at Vanderbilt, and we're talking about 43 first-place votes? I mean, it's mm-hmm. crazy. The AP poll's terrible. So we are starting the playoff poll early. Yes. All right, so let's let's count them down here. We'll, we'll give our top sixes because those are – those are like the teams that are knocking on the door and then also the teams that, of course, would be in the playoff. But we'll count them down 6-1 to one here. Let's start with where we're at now. If the season were to end today, who is making your college football playoff? All right, let's start with number 6. Where do you sit? So outside looking in, 6, Penn State is my number 6 ranked team in America today. The defense is unbelievable. I talked about it last hour. They're the best pass defense in America by miles. Uh, Number one in pass efficiency. The gap between one and two larger than the gap between two and 25. Penn State's been incredible. They just have to get the offense right. Got to see James Franklin in big moments. So outside looking in for me right now. I'm going with another Big Ten team, and that is Ohio State. Obviously, all of this can change after today. But I am going with Ohio State. I think they've got the better win on their resume right now with the victory at Notre Dame, even though it's a victory that maybe isn't as big as we once anticipated, especially at the time of the win, but it's still a big victory on the season, so give me Ohio State as my number six team in the country. Am I being too hard on Ohio State? I left them out of my top six, and a a lot of it is that first half against Maryland off the bye really burned me on how I feel about what they're doing offensively. The, The Notre Dame game, it's a tough spot. You won it. But it looks not as good as it did then. Am I being too hard on them? Here's my thing about Penn State. How much of these blowout wins are real? 
And how much of it is James Franklin knows the number? But either way, it's how you win. And like the 63 nothing, 62 nothing over UMass, you shut somebody out. The, the Northwestern, the second half was incredible. Uh, how you win matters to me. The blank against Iowa, I think there, there was a little bit of backup quarterback in that game. It is what it is. For me, Penn State has been so impressive on the defensive side, and we'll see how it plays out. Some of this takes care of itself, but I just think Penn State's been the more impressive team than Ohio State. Maybe my own bias is showing because I was higher on Penn State in the offseason than I was on Ohio State. Yeah, potentially. Um, all right, your number five team. Number in five. The moment. Number five for me is going to be Oklahoma. I've revisited this. We did this exercise earlier in the week. I had Ohio State number five and Oklahoma seven. I, I think that's ridiculous. That was a bad job by me. Oklahoma <laughs> with the win over Texas, the late drive, minute drill. Dylan Gabriel goes down the field, not a field goal, but a touchdown in a hostile place, yeah. in a big situation. That was huge for me, so I will go ahead and take Oklahoma number five. I've got them five as well. I, I, I was tied up. Initially, I put Ohio State at five, but then I, would, I thought in my head, you know what? The win against Texas trumps anything that Ohio State's done. It's way better than the win. The wit collection of wins of Maryland and also uh, Notre Dame as well. So give me, give me Oklahoma at five. I'm with you there. Is that the best win of the year other than Washington beating Oregon? It probably is. Like it's Oklahoma, Texas, Texas, Bama, and then Washington, Oregon would be the three best wins of the year, no? Yes. I, I was trying to think, like, uh, is there a way that maybe Texas beating Bama? Because, like, Bama's kind of bounced back since that yeah, game, too. absolutely. Is there a way that Texas beating Bama is a better win than Oklahoma beating Texas? But I guess when you, you kind of go transitive property there, Oklahoma beating Texas who beat Alabama. We, then Oklahoma beat it's Alabama. The, the, it's the rare instance where... The, you can transitive property yeah. non-conference a non-conference win. At least from how much we value them. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we crack into the teams that are actually in the playoff as of today. Uh, number four for me is Florida State. The I'm Knowles, with you there. They've got to show a little more. They've been kind of sleepy. Uh, they had the big win against LSU, and they've kind of slept through this part of their schedule. Got lucky at Clemson. you got to get lucky to win championships so you don't ding them for it. But... They've got to start showing something if they want to move up this ranking. I don't really know if they can. They might just be stuck at four by virtue of their schedule and how they've kind of looked. But right now they're four anyway. I also have uh, Florida State at four. I, I just think that they're playing. They kind of feel like they're in cruise control right now. They're, they're a team that's just yeah. very comfortable with where they're at. You've had a couple close calls this year, but then you've, got, you've gotten the rig back on the road. You, you had a blowout win against Syracuse last week. You've blown out a couple teams this year. If you're Florida State, you're feeling good about where you're at. You've got playmakers on both sides of the ball that can absolutely change games. Jared Verse on one side, and then Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, and Jordan Travis on the offensive side of the ball there. there there's a lot to like on that Florida State team. Number three. Number three, I've got Georgia. I, and honestly, I'm getting lower and lower on Georgia as we go. The Kentucky win, as impressive as it was, 52-14 to 14 against a ranked opponent at night in Athens, that kind of bought me back in a little bit on Georgia. I told you after that, best team in the country. And then you go to Vanderbilt. And it, 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 listen, that's a sleepy spot at Vanderbilt. Nobody cares. 37-20. You let Vanderbilt score 20 
points. It reminds me of UAB getting three scores on them. It reminds me of being in a, a, a hell game with South Carolina, nearly losing to Auburn. Oh, by the way, Brock Bowers is out for a while. Like Georgia, you've got problems. I think they've got a weird game today with Florida that could get interesting. And then you look at the rest of the schedule, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, they got their work cut out for them. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going Washington at three. The The win was very impressive, but I think Washington's a team that's sort of working up, and Georgia's a team that has to work backwards if they're going to lose position here. And I get that the CFP sort of, it's a blank slate at this point. I don't think Georgia's the number one team in the country, but I don't think they're they're further than maybe outside of three. But for that, I'm going to put Washington there. I still think you have to give Georgia a little bit of benefit of the doubt here because they are a two-time reigning champion. But a lot of this can change over the next four to six weeks when yep. we see what happens in life without Brock Bowers. Arguably the most talented offensive player in the country. It's going to be a struggle for a team that has struggled to score offensively. Yep. So what's that going to look like? against a couple of SEC powerhouse offenses that you're going to see over the next couple yeah. of weeks. So they get Lad McConkey healthy. They, He's they do. back in the swing of things. But let's be real, without Brock Bowers, that, what is that Lad is McConkey? Game, that is a game-changing player. We're going to find out what Lad McConkey is over yeah. the next 4 6 we weeks. We sure are. So, I've got Washington at 3. Uh, I flip with you 2-3. I've got Georgia at 2. I'm guessing you have Washington at 2. I do have Washington at 2. The the win over Oregon's just so impressive the way it happened. Michael Penix getting back on the field after getting body-bagged by that Oregon defensive line. It's just you have to credit the win when it happens. Now, I also still think Oregon's the better football team. If they make that field goal, I think they win in overtime. Like that I come away from that feeling the same way I felt going in. Oregon's the better side, and if they meet again, Oregon wins. But you credit the win when it happens. It's the best win in the country. Washington's got the best offense in the country. I'll take Washington, too. I, the Oregon thing to me is very interesting because that's, they dropped one spot in the rankings. I don't think they should have dropped it I don't all. think they should have dropped it all. If anything, I think you should have. Ele- like, it's tough to elevate a team after a loss. I get it. But a team going on the road and losing because of kicker error yeah. is very fluky to me. Yeah, Extremely agreed. fluky to me. So, And if that goes to overtime, I'll go to my grave. Oregon wins that game if that goes to overtime. I would have been very intrigued to see how, how that played out between those, those two, two going teams from 25. from 25 yards out. Man, that would have been fun. Uh, I imagine right. we're unanimous at number one. Michigan, Michigan yeah. is, is my number one team. I know they haven't played anybody, but I've told you it, how it's, you play yeah, matters. The, the margin of victory week in and week out. You're throwing 50 burgers left and right. You've got back-to-back 52-point performances. And here's the thing. You and I were critical of Michigan at the beginning of the year yeah. because it did look a little sleepy, even though that they were still blowing out some teams. But since Jim Harbaugh came back to be the head coach of this team, Holy hell. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's running they scores up. Are, they are making up for some lost time and some lost scores in some of those early games against East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. But they, they have gotten better. And it's tough to say that about a team that's blown out every single team. But they have gotten better week after week after week. Makes you wonder if guys like Mike Hart and Sherrod Moore, who he was giving head coaching opportunities to, like auditions, maybe they were just scared to run it up on non-conference opponents. (laughs) Harbaugh's got no fear of running it up. Right. All right, let's get into where we think this will shake out to. So our our later, where we think the final playoff is going to situate here. All right, we'll count them down six to one. Who do you got at number six? I'm going chaos. 
Michigan and then, at we were, six. We were pretty similar on our one through six currently, but I think next th- this iteration is going to be a little wacky. I'm going chaos. I've got Michigan six. Wow. I look, man. Th- this te- this season's been really sunny for them, but a cloud just came over it, and I wonder what happens when they go to Penn State. I wonder what happens against Ohio State. They still haven't run the ball consistently. They're beating the brakes off of the Big Ten West, which is basically high schools. Like, I just wonder what this looks like as the season closes up and if Michigan can run a gauntlet at the end of the year at Penn State, a pass defense that looks unbelievable and won't let you run the ball, and then Ohio State with the best defense they've had in years. And at Maryland in between there, At too. Maryland, a sleepy spot against a underperforming Maryland team now, but we both believe is pretty talented. Like, I just wonder if they get out of this. I think Penn State's the loss. I have Michigan sixth at the end of the year. All right. I I have the team that you think they're going to lose to. I've got Penn State at six. I think Penn State wins today, loses to Michigan, though, at the end of the season. Okay. But I think Penn State's uh, going to win today. Uh, I like Penn State at number six in my rankings. I just think we're going to see – today may be a little bit of a turning point where they let a little bit – they let Drew Aller operate a little bit more because they know they're going to need yeah. a little bit more of a big game performance, and maybe that flips the switch on for this team moving forward offensively. Number uh, five. Five, I've got Texas. I think Texas, in a rematch with Oklahoma, wins that rematch at AT&T Stadium, wins the Big 12. I don't think it does enough to get them into the top four because of the resumes other teams will have. I'm right there with you. I've got Texas at five. I think they win the Big 12 championship. However... I'm with you. I just don't think the Big 12 is good enough as a conference to give them the resume to crack the top. They four. need Oklahoma to go 12 and 0 if they want to get in. Yep, I, I'm right there with you. Um, all right, into the teams that we think will be in the playoff. If it were to at the end of the season, not if it were to end today, but at the end of the season, who are the teams in the playoff? Number four for you. Number four is Penn State. I haven't beaten Michigan late. I think they have a chance to win today, but I don't know that they need to. As long as they can win the Big Ten, I've got Penn State going in. Number so four. you've got Penn State with a very impressive close to the year. Yeah. Dude, I, when I see it. That's a defense that can certainly get stronger as the year goes on. I too. told you last offseason, like all in the lead up to this season, I thought Penn State had the best defense in America. They've shown me nothing to talk me out of that opinion. They've got two potential first-rounders on that defensive line. They get to the, they get to the quarterback. They pressure they defend the pass so well. They've got corners they can leave on islands. They're like Notre Dame on steroids. I love Penn State to get through this gauntlet and win the Big Ten. I've got Georgia as my number four team. I do think they slip a little without Brock Bowers, but I still think the schedule is easy enough for them to operate and get to the end of the season. I think they're a one-loss SEC champion that gets to number four. Uh, all right, number three, I've got Florida State. All right. Again, I think they go undefeated, and I think they win the ACC. I just don't. There's not enough there that I think they can move up significantly from four where they're at today and get into the top two. I, I just don't see it happening. Okay. I, I have Washington at three. I, I do think they will trip up once in the regular season the rest of the way, but that will not be in the Pac-12 championship game. I do think that this Washington team is primed to win the Pac-12 championship and be a one-loss Pac-12 champ, which is an extremely strong resume. Yeah. The Pac-12 is so cool. Oh, they're fun, too. All right, you're two and one. My number two team, I'm going to go with Georgia. Uh, okay. I do think I agree with you. The schedule's easy enough, and the SEC title game against that SEC West that's going to beat itself up a little bit and maybe send, I don't know, LSU, who sucks, 
to the uh, but SEC LSU Georgia game. would be a fun game. Like It'd I think that is, that is be the a best points. possible. That was what outcome. it was last year. What did Georgia win? Fifty-two to thirty something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're going to score hundred points. It'll be a blast to watch. But Georgia ultimately wins. And then my number one team. I told you I'm going chaos. Is Oregon. I think Oregon runs the table in this Pac-12. Rematch, it's really hard to beat the same team twice in a season. I think Oregon gets the rematch on a neutral site. Indoors, Allegiant, Las Vegas, Friday night Pac-12 title. They take out Washington. The resume will be so stacked for a Duck team that even with a loss, I think they go number one in the CFP. I don't think your math is mathin'. I don't think it's math in here. Because of the loss? Because of the loss. Like, how many undefeated teams would they have to leapfrog there? You're telling me Florida State's Georgia be and a- Florida State. So Georgia and Florida State being undefeated teams, I still The resumes won't be as impressive. Like, Oregon has such an beast end of the schedule. They'll have to overcome USC. They'll have to overcome Oregon State, who's really good. They've got the game against Wazoo. Bloom's come off the rose there, but it's still... A big game against Wazoo. Then you have to get the rematch with Washington. Nobody's going to play a level of schedule that Oregon's going to play the rest of the season. And you can drum up the one loss on their record as kicker error late on the road. You lost by a field goal in one of the most hostile stadiums in the country against a team that going into the end of the year will probably be number one. If if your scenario plays out the way it does and Oregon does go undefeated the rest of the way, including being a Pac-12 championship, they're in. I just don't think they're number one. At Utah, they have USC. They have Oregon State at the end of the season, a Pac-12 title. You can draw up the error is the only reason for the – I just think Oregon's resume will stack up so well against everyone else's. It'll be good, but it will still have a loss. It'll still right. have something. If you want to – whatever. Then we'll do Georgia <laughs> 1, Florida State 2, and Oregon 3. I don't care. Fair. My point is, for me, Oregon – would be number one in right, my I can, rankings. I can live with that. Okay. My opinion would have Oregon one. <laughs> I've got Florida State two. I still have Michigan number one um, in my final rankings here. I, I do think Michigan's still going to be good enough to run the table the rest of the way. All right. When we come back, we will get into our best of the rest preview. There's still a good chunk of games on today's slate, so we'll preview a few of those. And then also... Dr. Pottinger is going to get us his injury report as well. That's all coming up next. We're at Fatty's in DeKalb talking college football with you. Thanks to our friends at Bud Light. Now back to the show. Chicago's college tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. We're live at Fatty's in DeKalb, and Shay Norling's getting gifts out here. How about Your that? was just made. Michigan State legend Rocky Lombardi, a signed jersey from Fatty's. How about that? Unbelievable. That is great. My guy. So Shay, NIU quarterback. Go Huskies. Yeah, so Shay Norling, his day, maybe his year was just made. He's going to get that thing framed up at, at That's the, the Norling household. Absolutely. Will your wife let you frame that? and hang We're going to hang it over the TV in the living room. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> if I know your wife, I don't think no that's good. <laughs> but you have the Shea Cave? Yeah, I've got I my I think little, the Shea Cave. I've got my cave. I just got an addition up. today. That's fantastic. Amazing. All right. We're at Fatties in DeKalb. Thank you to our friends at Bud Light for bringing us out here. We are having a blast with all of you talking some college football. Let's get into the uh, rest of the big games on the slate today. 
There's a few that really catch your eye. Let's start with, with a, a 2.30 game. Oregon coming off a, a heartbreaker against Washington last week, but they now get Washington State. You brought it up last uh, segment there. Listen, Washington State isn't what they were earlier in the season, but this is still a, a team that can maybe catch you in a bad spot here because it was such a physical game last week. What's that going to be like, and how are you going to take Cam- Cameron Ward out of this game on the Washington State side? Oregon's just so physical. You you felt like Washington State last week, an eight-and-a-half point, eight-point favorite at home on the Palouse against Arizona. It felt like a spot. Arizona coming off the overtime loss to USC. Boy, Wazoo's just going to blast them. Not so much. How about Arizona 44-6 to in the Palouse? Just a beatdown of this Wazoo team and it feels like everything that happened early in the year, the fun win against Oregon State, Cam Ward balling on the Palouse against Wisconsin. The last two weeks UCLA and Arizona have not been great and Cam Ward has not looked the part. I don't know this Wazoo team going to Oregon and you're playing at Autzen, a fired up crowd, Oregon knows they need style points. I don't like the spot here. Yeah, I I think they could cover a 20 I just they're, – they're, they're not going to win. This is a game that I think once upon a time we thought could be like maybe could a final possession game. That we, two, three-week stretch where the Pac-12 had eight ranked teams, nine Three weeks ago, teams. this number is 13? Yeah, probably. I mean, Wazoo – could you make the argument that Wazoo feels like if people believed Colorado were actually good? When Colorado was getting a lot yeah. of the hype, if people had really believed, they would have been, looked a lot like what Wazoo looked like. Eight-point favorite over Arizona. It, things would have looked more that way. And it feels like Wazoo's coming down to earth the same way Colorado came down to earth. And really, Basically, you weren't that good. all these Pac-12 teams are starting to play each other. Yep. And we, we've talked about the cannibalization of yep. it. And we're just starting to see it play out here. All right. 2.30 on CBS. Tennessee and Alabama. The Crimson Tide, a nine-point favorite right now over Tennessee. Remember, this was the big game last year in Knoxville. Tennessee pulls off the upset in maybe the best game we saw all of last season. For me, that was the game last year where the FOMO really kicked in. Like, There's nothing that gets me with a good case of FOMO, quite like a college field or court storming, and yeah. it's just the epic after party after. They took the goalposts. They're throwing them in the river. I mean, what a day it was in Knoxville. But this time around, you've got an Alabama team that feels like they're starting to find their footing. They're undefeated in the SEC right now. Their only slip-up is at home against Texas. This may be an Alabama team that we knocked out early on in the season but maybe is a little bit better, and maybe we knocked them down a, a few pegs too far. I don't think it is. I, I think this Alabama team's not what Alabama's been. Like last year, you had Bryce Young. You had weapons offensively. This year, the, the rushing defense has been tr- incredible. The defense in, in general has been pretty good. The offensive side of the ball worries me. They don't run the ball particularly well. They're not like That's what they have to do, but they're not great at it. They certainly don't throw the ball well, except for one big game, Jermaine Burton and uh, Jalen Milrow at Texas A&M. Last week, you have to survive at home against Arkansas. Now, that's an Arkansas team, despite their record, I think, 2-5, and five, plays close games. They do play everybody and pretty KJ tight. And K.J. Jefferson's been around a million years. K.J. Jefferson's seen Saban a bunch. But still, like this Alabama team is not the team that went to Tennessee and played that 
shootout. Flip side, Tennessee's not either. There's no Hendon yeah. Hooker. There's no Jalen Hyatt. It's Joe Milton. It's Brew McCoy. But it's still Josh Heupel. And I, it, nine's a big number. We'll get to it in the picks. Tennessee, I think, maybe has a chance to win this game. All right. Um, a couple more for you here. Duke goes to Tallahassee to take on Florida State at Doe Campbell Stadium. It all is contingent on Riley Leonard. Will he play? Won't he play? I saw on the bottom line earlier, unlikely to play against Florida State. If that's the case, then I think this could be a real route in, in favor of the Seminoles. Yeah, and at Florida State, I mean, we talk about teams that are getting on their footing. Florida State feels more to me like a team that's really turning the corner than Bama. I know Florida State's undefeated. They've been in that playoff conversation all season. But they've been really sleepy. There's been spots, the Boston College game, the should have lost at Clemson game. There have been spots where Florida State hasn't looked incredible. I think now we're at a point, it's RIP Syracuse. They destroyed you last week. Yep. Now we're at a point, I think Florida State's starting to really lean on teams and turn that corner and become who we hoped and thought they were. I, I, Florida State might bomb Duke if Riley Leonard doesn't play. Yeah, like Duke... The entirety of their value is the fact that they've got a future NFL quarterback. Yeah. Without that future NFL quarterback, they are nothing. Nothing. I mean, think about the Notre Dame game that Duke nearly won. They were up 14-13. But if if Riley Leonard doesn't have this, like, mercurial half in the second half Mm -hmm. where he's just making every play, the rushing yards were there, explosives, they lose, what, 13-zip? Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, two more I want to get to. Michigan against your team, Michigan State. Who cares? You don't care. I, Are you watching? You're not watching? I've never. I'll, it'll be on a like, fourth or fifth screen in my house. Wow, today. really? Yeah, okay. I, I don't care. It is I've, a good night slate today. I've never cared less about this game. Dude, my coach got fired in week two. What do you want me to do? You want me to get up for this? I'm just asking you. Rivalry games. Throw out the records, right? I've, I've got to watch Harlan Barnett on the sidelines stare up at God, hoping somebody's going to give him a miracle. Because he, that headset's like this, Tyler. He's not talking into the mic. He's not talking into the mic with his coaches. The mic is up by the side of his head. He's an idiot. He shouldn't have the job. It is what it is. I don't care. Michigan's going to murder us. Uh, last one for you here. Pac-12 matchup. You've got Utah and USC. And Utah looks like is going to be without Cam Rising, perhaps for the whole season. Medical redshirt coming. And USC coming off of a very embarrassing loss against Notre Dame. Can Caleb Williams get back on track? And this would be an impressive spot to do it against a Utah-led defense. It would be. And honestly, I'm surprised at the number. USC is seven-point favorite. Opened at six this week, too. Off of the Notre Dame beatdown. Yeah, I saw five-and-a-halves earlier in the week. I saw five at one point. And then you get it out to seven. Probably the Cam Rising news played a huge part in this. It's going to be Bryson Barnes for Utah. It sounds like it's a medical redshirt for Utah. I don't know, man. I still They still have, what, a top five defense in the country? Maybe but Kyle well, Whittingham's best. Top five defense, but... Can it hold up for it, four quarters against Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams? Yes, and, and Caleb Williams coming off the worst performance probably in his entire life. Yeah. Going to be a revenge spot. Can he bounce back? And and logic would tell me yes. Yes, he can. I, I think we will get a bounce back performance from Caleb Williams in this game as well. All right, real quick, Doctor Pottinger. The doctor is in. We need your Uh-oh. injury report, Uh-oh. Justin. What do you got for us? 
What's up, guys? So, yeah, I'll start with the 11 a.m. slate. We got a couple injuries here, and let's start with Air Force and Army today. 22 Air Force, they're ranked. Should be, a, I guess, a decent game, but Zach Lair, quarterback, he was questionable with a knee injury. He will play and start today, so that's Ooh, huge news that's for news. Air Force. Yes, big news there. Thanks, um, Popsy. Yeah, of course. The doctor <laughs> is in, giving good tips. Uh, we're going to this Miss, uh, Mississippi State game. Guys, this is huge. Will Rogers' quarterback is out today, so Mike Wright will get the start. The senior quarterback played two weeks ago, so we have Mike Wright starting in that Mississippi, Mississippi State game. Uh, we look over to, I don't know if you guys were going to talk after that. We look over to the Duke Florida State game. Yeah, we need Riley Leonard news. Riley Leonard, it will be a game time decision. It's going to be close with him, but Johnny Wilson, junior wide receiver for Florida State will play today. That is huge news for Jordan Travis. So that is good news for Florida State. Again, Riley Leonard. Game time decision. We'll find out closer to that game. But for right now, it's not really looking good for him. Uh, Dr. Pottinger, can yes. you get Riley Leonard in the office? Dude, we Get need... yourself a handful. Ask him to cough. Is he going to play the game? <laughs> ask him to cough. Get you a stethoscope. Come on. It's going to be close, guys, but I don't think he's going to go out there today. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State, some big injury news here. Travion Henderson is warming up, so I would expect oh, wow. him to play again earlier in the week. He was on the injury report as not going to play, but warming up this morning, so that is great. Do you news. think there's going to be a snap count there, Doc? I don't think so. I think if he is out there warming up, you know the Buckeyes need him today. It's going to be a grimy game. They're going to need him to run the ball, guys. And like you said, Shea, Ohio State has struggled this year running running the ball. So having Henderson back could be good, and hopefully he won't be limited. Um, and then the last injury update I have for you guys is Ben Bryant, quarterback from Northwestern, is not expected to play versus Nebraska. Nebraska injury updates. <laughs> only, only on this show. All right, that's enough. The only, doctor is out. The doctor is off that's for the day. For Thank you, guys. Justin. Yes, Appreciate yes. it. All right, so there's your injury report for the day. We will give you our picks for the slate. We are live at Fatty's in DeKalb. Chicago's College Tailgate. We'll be right back. Chicago's football game day starts with Chicago's College Tailgate. From red shirts to mascots to your school's alma mater, Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. We're live at Fatty's in DeKalb talking college football with you on a great college football Saturday. Getting you ready for kickoff here coming up in about 25 minutes from now. And we are joined in person by our wonderful producer, Jay Cantu, who's got our slate ready for the picks. Shay, you are 23 and 25 on the season. Both of us coming off of a rough week last week at 2-5-1. and one. I am 16 and 32, even worse than you on the season. So without further ado, what do we have on the slate this week, Jake? All right, let's start with number 22, rank number 22, Air Force, minus 10 at Navy. Look, man, Service Academy special. The total is 34. Uh, We just heard from Dr. Pottinger that Larry, or the quarterback for Air Force, will go in the game. So you lean Air Force a little bit, but you can never take a double-digit favorite. In a service academy game, the total's 34. This game's going to finish 14-10. Last year it was 13-10. I'll take Navy. I'm going to join you on that as well. Whenever I see the double-digit spread with the 
dangerously low total, I'm with you there. I take the dog. So I'm going with Navy as well. What's next? All right, let's go out to Columbus, Ohio. Number seven to Penn State at Ohio State. Minus four and a half, Ohio State. You got to take Penn State here. You got to take the better defense. They do not let you throw the ball. Number one in the country in pass defense by yardage. Number one by pass defense efficiency. I like Drew Aller in this spot on the road. Kyle McCord, I don't I don't think Kyle McCord has the vibes. Guys, forget the four and a half. I will take Penn State to win the game outright, maybe by double digits. I've got Penn State with you, not just on the spread, but also an outright winner in this game. I think the defense is going to be way too much for Kyle McCord to handle. And we gave out the numbers earlier in the show. Kyle McCord ranked 122 in all of FBS when under pressure. Kyle Aller on the other side, or Drew Aller on the other side, he is number one in terms of pro football focus grade, went under pressure yep. there, and there is going to be a lot of pressure in this game. Yep. Give me Penn State. All right, number 17, Tennessee visiting number 11, Alabama. Alabama minus nine. Alabama's kind of gotten right lately, but Tennessee really good as a running football team. Kind of similar styles here. You've got Joe Milton, who's a deep shot quarterback, who's going to run the ball a lot, hand off the ball a lot, against... Jalen Milrow, a deep shot quarterback, who's going to run the ball a lot and hand it off a lot. Neither of these teams can throw. I just think asking Alabama to cover better than a score, even at home right now, where they survived against Arkansas. I like Tennessee on the road here at at Tuscaloosa. I'll take the balls. I'm going to take Alabama in the revenge matchup here. We saw some of the revenge matchups and how Saban likes to play them here. He wants to get right against some of these teams. Tennessee certainly, I think, would be at the top of his list. I like Tennessee, or I like Alabama, rather, and the nine points today. Okay, uh, let's go to Washington State visiting number nine, Oregon. Oregon minus 20. This is just an absolute hammer for me. Oregon laying the 20 points automatic revenge spot they're going to be furious after kicker error cost them a win that may have put them in the playoff against washington last week on the road getting back to Autzen stadium friendly confines hostile place for cam ward and wazoo to go i think oregon bombs washington state Maybe a 50-burger. I'm laying the 20 with the Ducks. Yeah, usually you see, you hear about the emotional spot for a team, right? Like tough loss the week before or like real grinded out win the week before and they don't cover the spread as a major favorite the next week. I think this is the opposite case here. And in fact, sometimes the loser knows they have to put style points on the board to make up for the fact that they did lose the prior week. I'm with you. I'm taking Oregon in the 20. Dan Lanning knows what he has to do here. Yes. All right, uh, number 16 ranked Duke at number four, Florida State, minus 14 today. Still a lot of questions about Riley Leonard, if he'll go in this game for Duke. If he does, I feel differently than I feel about this right now, but not by a lot. Florida State, to me, turning a corner. I think they've looked way better the last two weeks than the kind of sleepy start after the LSU win to open the year. I'll take the Knowles. I'm, I'm riding with you on Florida State as well. I, I think, yeah, Riley Leonard or not, even if Riley Leonard does play in this game, we know it's not an 100% Riley Leonard. It's going to be a hobbled Riley Leonard with an ankle injury of all yeah. injuries that he's going to have. Good luck against that defensive line trying to navigate past some guys. Give me Florida State and the the two touchdowns. And to your point, the games that Duke has won, they've won so heavily on Riley Leonard running the football. If the ankle is limited at all, you're just taking away the thing that works best for you. 
without his running, that's how they they're got never in, in the, the Notre Dame game. Right. That's how they got into that Notre Dame game. Because it was a, a tough start for them in that first half, but the second half, they climbed back into it because Riley started to use his legs. Yeah, this it's just a tough spot, and I think Florida State's getting right. All right, uh, number 14, Utah at number 18, USC. USC favored by seven. I know everybody's looking for the revenge game here. Caleb Williams off the worst performance of at least his college career, but maybe of his entire life. My issue, when you look at Utah, they are Notre Dame. Notre Dame is them. They are physical up front. They've got corners they can leave on islands, can guard with anybody. Kyle Whittingham will tell you, this is the best defense he's ever had. And he's consistently put together top 10, top 5 defenses at Utah. This is a team that's always given Caleb Williams trouble. I think Lincoln Riley asks him to play off schedule just a little bit too much. Seven points too many. I like Utah to win or to cover the game get the seven points we've seen this game though played in the 30s and 40s before and i don't think utah has the offense to put up 30 or 40 points but usc might have the defense to let them perhaps but i like without cam rising i just don't know what this utah team really is this is one of the the real tests for them on their schedule this year i still like usc in a bounce back spot here This is a don't-make-the-same-mistake-twice type of game. You're playing against a strong defense once again, much like you did last week against Notre Dame. Maybe Caleb's got a little more of a template this time around. I like USC with the touchdown. All right, let's go to Shea's favorite game today. Uh, Number two, Michigan at Michigan State. Michigan minus 24-and-a-half. It breaks my heart to do it. But, my, I mean, Jake, my coach got fired in week two. He was too busy talking on the phone with something in his hand to coach a football team. Get out. And, I, dude, I think Michigan comes to East Lansing and, and drops a bomb on Sparty. Harbaugh's going to be mad. A lot of reporting around his team, some signs being stolen. But I think Harbaugh runs it up today, and Michigan slaughters Michigan State. I'll take Michigan in the 24-and-a-half. I think Harbaugh is going to really try to run this up today. Like with all, like you said, with all the attention in the media this week, I think Harbaugh really tries to run this up. And he knows this is probably the last time he coaches against Michigan State. Yeah, that does feel like it adds in. And I think, I think he actually needs this win to get to above five hundred against MSU for his yeah. career. All right, so even more incentive there. So we're both rolling with Michigan. Uh, lastly, let's go to Clemson visiting Miami. Clemson favored by three. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of smart people. I think Carmen DeFalco on Odds Couples this morning said he's betting Miami. I've heard some other people I trust say they're betting Miami. I will not be joining them. Miami, I was on the train last week at North Carolina. I thought Miami was the better team in that game. I thought they had a chance. They had a 17-14 halftime lead, and I watched some real brain-dead stuff. A defensive back swatting an interception from his own teammate. You had a head, an assistant coach run onto the field and take a 15-yard penalty. You had a running back fumble on the way into the end zone. It's just not a team you can trust. The second half, Drew Drake May took their head off. Tez Walker. Look, Miami's a team with quitting them. Mario Cristobal killed them when he didn't knee the ball down against Georgia Tech. They're dead. I'll take Clemson at home. Miami is the deadest. Or Clemson not just dead. The deadest team in all of college football right now. I mean, the the wind is completely out of their sails. They were trending towards kind of a fun year. I mean, they were what five and zero, and should have been six and zero heading into that game against yeah. UNC. 
and just absolutely pissed it away. And now you've got a, a Clemson team who, listen, Clemson's not great this year, but they're good enough to beat this Miami team even on the road. And plus, how much of a home adva- home field advantage does Miami really have? Not much. They're going to sell out, sell half the tickets. It'll be they half play empty. They in an NFL stadium that's an hour away from the campus. Yeah, it's just it's a rough spot, I think, for Miami. And again, I think there's quit in this team. I mean, Tyler, you talk about today. We should be talking about a Miami team that can start thinking about a national title. And instead, we're talking about a Miami team whose season is over. Yes. There's going to be quit in that team. Mm-hmm. And, and the coach made it happen. And, and there's undiscipl- they're undisciplined on all levels. Offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. Yeah. And on all levels of coaching, too. Yeah. Head coach, assistant coaches, whatever. It's an undisciplined group, and they're going to lose by I, I, at least 10 points today. The number's telling you take Miami. But it's just such a spot with the coach, this specific team. I can never trust them again. Yep. All right. Those are our picks. When we come back, we will craft our show parlay. And we got to get to Justin Pottinger's question that he presented to us during a break earlier today. One of the most bizarre things he said to us ever. But we'll do all that when we come back here on Chicago's College Tailgate, live at Fatties in DeKalb. Now back to the show. Sh- sh- Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Thank you to everyone out at Fatties. It's been a, a great time here at Fatties in DeKalb. Thank you to all of our friends over at Bud Light as well. Thanks to Justin Pottinger and for Jake Cantu for producing today's show. Thank you to our our ESPN marketing team as well on site here at Fatties in DeKalb. All right. We are now going to craft our show parlay here. We haven't hit one of these, so what's the best way to enhance your odds of hitting a parlay? (laughs) Make it bigger. You add a leg. (laughs) Because we got two producers here today. We're going to add a little bit of capital here. All right. Let us get into our parlay for the week. Shay, lead us off here. What do you like? I am going to go to the under in Minnesota and Iowa. It is a disgustingly low number at 30 and a half, but when they go low, we go lower. I'm going under in this game two offenses that just cannot score. If Brian Ferentz gets to 20 points, listen, you tip your cap. It's just not going to happen. Iowa stinks. Minnesota stinks. Under 30 and a half. All right, for my pick today, I am going to go with Arizona State plus 27.5 against Washington. Love it. Washington coming off of that really emotional game, tough game, and this is a, a point where they maybe let their hands off the rope a little bit. And you got to remember, one of the things that happened at the end of that game between Washington and Oregon, Michael Penix took a shot to the ribs, yep. and he was playing that last drive hurts. That's what kind of elevated it into an even further Heisman moment there for him. But I think 27.5 against a dinged-up Michael Penix Jr., I think this could be a little bit of a lower-scoring game here, but definitely are going to close within the 27.5. All right, I'm going to go to UCF visiting Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I'm going to take minus 17.5. Look, they had a, I mean, both teams had a bye week, but UCF is one of the worst defenses and Oklahoma's offense looks great right now. Dylan Gabriel, we, we look at Heisman watch. contender. Heisman contender right there. Uh, if he can continue to produce, the offense will roll along. I like Oklahoma's offense to power over UCF. 
All right, back to the studio. Justin Pottinger, what do you like? Sweet. Can too. I love that play. That was going to be my pick, but I got a second one just in case. Missouri, I'm taking Mizzou minus seven at home for South Carolina. It's their homecoming game. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. I love the boys to cover the seven. Even though I'm a Jayhawks fan, I can root for Missouri here and there. I'm taking Mizzou minus seven, guys. That's the beauty of gambling. You can bet on a rival and become a fan for three hours. That's exactly. the beauty of gambling. Exactly. That's how you change change up the mojo there. All right. Uh, so to lay it all out here, we have for our parlay, and if you get it on FanDuel, you'll also get a 50% parlay profit boost. But we have Minnesota and Iowa under 30 and a half. When they go low, we submarine it. Yep. All right. Arizona State plus twenty seven and a half at Washington. Jake's pick, Mizzou, minus seven and a half and or no, no. Jake's pick Oklahoma. was Oklahoma, Oklahoma minus seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half. Justin's pick, Mizzou, minus seven and a half. You round it all together, parlay it up with the fifty percent boost, it's plus eighteen seventy. Ooh. You feeling good about this oh. one today? That's not bad. See, Here this one go. wins and we cover all the losses. Right. All we need is one of these to cover the whole season's and worth we're of good. All right. Um, before we get out of here, this this really caught my attention. Yo, yo, yo. Right before the show, <laughs> Justin Pottinger gets on the mic. We're, we're planning out the show. We're trying to conduct business here, right? And we get a peep down the line from Justin Pottinger. And he goes, Shay, I got you in an Oklahoma drill against <laughs> Jay Moore. <laughs> Jay Moore produces Jay the morning, morning show, show. Cabin Hood, with me. He says that Shea would outduel minus one hundred and fifty favorite in a in an Oklahoma drill. He's got you minus one hundred and fifty. Now, I love you, but Jay Moore's kid played college football. Yeah, I'd imagine Jay Moore has something to do with that. I think Jay Moore might kick your ass in an Oklahoma drill. I, if I were betting it, I would bet on Jay Moore. You've got the dog. Are you are you point shaving here on? An Oklahoma drill? Uh, maybe. Shay, if I many, could bet on my own on? Oklahoma you're, you're drill, I'd bet like on Jay Moore. four or five inches taller than Jay Moore? Yeah, but that's not everything, man. i got to get low. i got to make a tackle. I don't know. I, I think Jay Moore's got a little bit of an advantage when it comes to tackling me. Hey, I, I got you, yeah. Shay. I got you. <laughs> but, 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 so what else were you handicapping back in the studios there while, while – we were doing the show out here, and while we were getting ready for the show, Justin. Dude, we got Black and Abdallah. I feel like that would be an awesome Oklahoma drill matchup right there. <laughs> awesome. I mean, like, right? <laughs> I get Cantu and Jack. I think that would be a, gra- a great one, too, to see those two go out. I think Cantu, Cantu can. Oh, so I Jack McGrath. Dude, I would take him. Dude, Cantu's Jack quick. Ma- yeah, J- Jake's, Jake's feisty and quick. I think Jack's a little sturdier, though. Jack- you know, if we did this stationwide, poor Carmen. <laughs> Poor Carmen. But all it takes is like one fell swoop for Carm, and like Yurk goes down, and he'll tell you he's not getting back up. <laughs> Just like chip him. Just go low. Little chip block, and then you're good. But just to pull the curtain back, we are sitting here four minutes before the show starts. <laughs> and our producer back in the studio, Justin Pottinger, over the speakers in the bar. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> and I throw my headset on like, oh, we got to go got over something. Something's, something's yep. going on technically. A little imaging thing. We what, need what's to going on? Huh? Right. Who do you think would win in an Oklahoma drill, Shay or Jay Moore? And then just <laughs> ripping off everybody at the station. He's creating yo, 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 yo. lines on guys doing Oklahoma drills. Dude, we like, got to see this next week. I'll have a whole spreadsheet going on. We got to get bets in. It'll but why good. is that where your mind went to? 
Not not just the like uh, a Shea versus Jamar, but why was it's the Oklahoma drill your competition of choice? <laughs> right? Who knows? But it it would be it would be, it would be a good one. I what did look, you do last who night? Knows? What, just who knows? Just on a helmet and run the Oklahoma drill. What were you doing last night? Last night, what was I doing, man? Oh, boy. Oh, that explains oh, boy. Yeah, now we know. Now we know. Now we know. That's all we need to know. I do hope Zetterman's listening. We can get an ESPN 1000 Olympics. We'll all do Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma drills. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, one last thing I do want to bring to your attention, too. You have a very strong opposite opinion of this. Um, one of the greatest mascots in all of college sports is the Red Blob at Western yeah. Kentucky. Now... I don't know if people have seen Western Kentucky's uniforms for today, but their helmets that they put out is featuring the red blob. Now, usually it's just a simple WKU on the helmet, whatever, right? But this week, the red blob takes center stage on the helmet. You may recognize him from the This Is Sports Center commercials, all that stuff. He's an iconic mascot. However, each position group gets a different helmet. With their own, With their red, own blob. red blob doing different things. So there's one set of red blobs that are blocking, one that's throwing, another that's catching a pass, one that's running, another that's doing the patented defensive back. I did nothing on this play, but I'm going to make the incomplete sign. So you don't like this. I just, there's no need for it. Why is there I, no need? You know what? Have some real fun with it. Let's get the red blob in unsavory situations. Let's have the red, bob, the red blob doing crack on the head, <laughs> on the helmet. That, that's what we need. This whole, it's just, oh, we're doing this, like the Kevin King, you didn't break up a pass, but you're waving incomplete. Let's get the red blob in unsavory situations and put it on the helmet. Then right. we can have some fun with it. All right, that's going to do it for Chicago's College Tailgate. Thank you to everyone at Fatties and Bud Light. Coming up next, it is Peggy and Dion with Courtney Cronin in for Dion Miller today. We'll talk to you next week.